You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Chicago. Welcome to the Fully Alive radio program and podcast. The radio program and podcast of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity at the Archdiocese of Chicago. You are joined by myself, Don Fitzpatrick, and Ray Pingoy, both in Respect Life Ministries. And I think our song, Fully Alive, is perfect for what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Um, just a couple of days ago, June 24th, um, the uh, Roe versus Wade was overturned. Oh my God! I know. Wow. Wow. So, so incredible, right? Yeah. Um, we were talking about it as we heard the decision because we were on a retreat, and uh, my phone started blowing up around nine o'clock, um, and we said, "Oh my gosh, look what's happening!" We cha- we were in a prayer. Mm-hmm. We changed our prayer focus, and then we started saying. That we 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 thought in the future people would say, "Where were you when you heard the news?" <laughs> right? <laughs> kind of like, "Where were you when you when JFK was shot?" You know, "Where were you when you heard the news?" Because this is so was so historical. Yeah, and it, as you mentioned, we were preparing for a, a big young adult retreat during Echo, that Friday that we've been Echo. talking about f- right. plenty on this this program. And I haven't had a chance really to dive into this huge great news that we heard last Friday, mm-hmm. uh, a few Fridays ago. So, wow. Right. So we're going to focus this program on that news. Um, and actually, I'll go ahead and introduce our guest. Bob Gilligan is joining us, who is the executive director of Catholic Conference of Illinois. Welcome, Bob. Hey, Bob. Thank you. It's nice to be with you. Yeah. So we've been preparing for this for a long time. Um, I know you and I have been in kind of a, a collaborative meeting about this all year and with other pro-life groups. And um, I, I think that we felt like this was a good possibility, but it's like the best we could have expected, right? So Yeah, you know, the leaked decision that came out mm-hmm. uh, was weeks ago mm-hmm. um, from Justice Alito, which was a very odd occurrence. Yeah. Um, It was interesting because that gave us a lot of hope. Uh, But I think many of us were also skeptical, too, because it's just a leaked draft. You don't know really what the issues were surrounding it. But reading that leaked draft, it was extremely uh, a positive outcome for what we had hoped. So, you know, for those eight weeks or whatever is between the leaked draft and and this coming out, we're, we're filled with uncertainty, but yet hope cautiously optimistic but you know when the news came out last friday it was, it was the 24th, the 24th on yeah. um you're right I, I you know just skimming through that the, the 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 introduction to the decision and then wading into it i had about 45 minutes to an hour before like you said people started calling and phone calls came in but uh, boy, it was just like one paragraph to the next after the next. And, you know, Justice Alito, who wrote that uh, 
the majority decision really knocked it out of the park. I agree. And I think for many of us who have been involved with this, who are uh, familiar with Roe and the underpinnings of it, we know the faults of Roe. We've all known them. Um, you know, books have been written and lawyers and non-lawyers alike don't understand the phrase penumbra of rights in the Constitution that you can't see, but they're there. But I'll tell you that they're there. I'll tell you this one's there, but not that one. And everybody has known for a while that that decision was, as Alito indicated in his decision, on a collision course with the Constitution. Mm -hmm. And it was very affirming for me personally to read those first. I haven't made it through the whole decision. I made it through the first five 40 pages or so. It's and Justice Alito just knocks it out of the park in terms of his, his rationale and why this right that was made up 50 years ago should have never been done. And so now we are under a whole new legal landscape. Jurisprudence has changed. Right. Well, you know, I think it's interesting because what they didn't say was it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's illegal for an abortion to happen at all. Um, mm-hmm. but, but what it does say is it's it's not a constitutional right to an abortion. So really what they did was put it back to the people, put, put it back to the states, the states yeah. um, and then the states starting to draw their line in the sand, which that we, they've been doing for the last several years anyway. Um, we, we knew the states that were going to make it completely illegal, those that were going to have restrictions. We knew there were some, like our lovely state of Illinois, that are just trying to make abortion more prevalent thanks to the, the, this um, decision. Um, but you, people don't understand that. I, I've seen all kinds of things on social media that makes it very <laughs> apparent. People don't get what happened at all. So, Yeah, those who want to can, mm-hmm. those who choose not to live in this fantasy land. Um, and Don, <laughs> I think what you said is right, but, but it, you know, states have been putting some restrictions on over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And it seems like since Casey, there's been a little bit more latitude towards that, but no state could do what Mississippi was trying to do, right. which is to say at 15 weeks. So there was this artificial, uh, you know, no judge, no court could get this right. You know, what's an undue burden in one area of the country wasn't an undue burden in another area, and it would be litigated. Yeah. And they would get, get kicked pick back, and then they would pass another law. Well, that one passes, that one. And so this whole framework we've been under for the past 50 years that you could only go to the certain point, but nobody knew where the point was. Nobody knew where that line was. And Mississippi said, okay. We're going to draw it here in 15 weeks. Um, and yes, that is probably in um, uh, in defiance or in opposition to what we commonly understand Roe to allow. So let's do it. Let's let's put it out there. Let, let, let's let the courts decide. And, and, you know, I think we should be very great. There's so many groups and organizations of people we should be thankful to. Yeah. But uh, that Attorney General of Mississippi, that took some guts. I mean, yeah, nobody sure. else had really gotten that far. And, you know, and, and she did. And 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 thank God um, yeah. that she did. And it was a well-reasoned case. And, you know, I, I mean, just personally, like, I remember when the court even decided to take it. There have been rumblings for quite a while about the court not being comfortable with it. But, you know, personally, I'm I really never thought I would see the day that Roe would be totally Me over either. I, I just never did. Well, uh, you know, and it's funny because I remember when I first took this job as Respect Life Director here in Chicago, and my husband would say, okay, so let's just be real. We're not going to Washington to overturn Roe. We're trying to change hearts. You know, that's just that's yeah. what that's what we're doing. Yeah. That Roe is going to be, it's just going to be. Um, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that people have to abide by it if, if they don't believe in abortion, then they won't have one. So we've got to help people to change their heart. So, which we still have to do, right? Because um, right. here in Illinois, it's getting worse and worse, actually. Well, well even before when we heard about this whole uh, uh, Roe v. Wade thing that, that, you know, last Friday, I was just thinking, you know, I was, I, I didn't think it was going to happen, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> it, it was close. We were close back in the 90s, I believe. And I'm like, oh, it Casey didn't happen. Case, yeah. yeah. Right. And and then now I'm thinking, yeah, nice rumors. That's that. That'll be nice to believe, but I don't know. I was still holding my breath, but I can't. I can't believe it. it I, I really do see it as a miracle that just happened. Yes. It, well, it is. It is. I mean, oh my gosh. Yeah. Definitely a yeah. miracle. Um, but again, it doesn't mean that people That's, aren't going to have abortions. Right. They're, they're still going to happen. They happened before Roe versus Wade. It just depended on the state, right? Um, so that's what it's back to. 
Exactly. And, and that's where we are. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's federalism. It's what the framers of mm-hmm. the Constitution thought would should happen on, on yeah. the issue. But this one was sort of set aside, which is not right. So now, after 50 years of frustration and, and work, the pro-life movement and, and, you know, even some legal people that are not necessarily pro-life recognize the flaws of Roe. Yes. So now the court, like you said, has, has changed it. We have a new system of jurisprudence. What that will be and how we go forward, uh, I think, is going to be subject of much litigation. The litigation is not going to end. Yeah. I saw recently that uh, Louisiana, um, they had a what they call a trigger law, trigger which law. means that the law that they had in place prior to Roe would go into effect. Mm-hmm. And now that's being litigated because the um, the proponents of over of, of of the abortion industry are saying that there wasn't due process given to them. Mm-hmm. This this just happened based on a decision 30 years ago. So they found a judge in Louisiana that said, yeah, okay, I know this trigger ban is in effect and abortion should not be legal according to what we did. But but because there wasn't due process, we have to litigate that. So we're gonna okay. see a lot more litigation on this. Yeah. Well, um, but the fact of the matter is other states haven't had that sort of experience and abortion is totally illegal in a number of states today right. that mm-hmm. many of us thought was, we would right. never see so well, it, but it's all it, about changing hearts and minds ultimately absolutely right. well and, and interestingly enough if it weren't for um governor pritzker and the current um state we have of people in springfield um we would have had a trigger law that would have probably not allowed abortions in this state. But because of House Bill 40 a few years ago, a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of things went into effect that people had never considered before, like paying for abortions with Medicare dollars and Medicaid dollars and things like that. Um, Yeah. So We are unfortunately in a state that politically we have not been successful on in the pro-life movement. And our laws are... You know, if you want to rank the 50 states, we're probably in the bottom five mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the permissiveness of abortion. As you indicated, Don, um, not only do we pay for it through Medicaid, so state tax dollars are going to go pay for people's abortions. But as we saw last year, you know, minors now can get an abortion with their parents being notified. Um, you talked about the RHA, the so-called Reproductive Health Care Act. It's not about reproducing at all. That had a number of different provisions that people need to now be more aware of. Right. Um, for example, I think one of them that comes to mind is um, the lack of health and safety uh, obligations and uh, that are now um, required of abortion clinics. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we see a number of people coming to Illinois to, to have an abortions, they should know that the state law a couple years ago was changed such that they are subject to no significant um, health and safety regulations. There could be some on the county and city, but so the facility they could be going into could potentially not be uh, up to uh, standards that they would see in another state. But hey, you know, or, we're or at, for at it. a um, you know getting their ears pierced or at a tanning salon or going to a restaurant. Yeah, um, it's yeah. gonna you know we're, they're not even subject to that kind of safety standards. So um, so you hear and here's a really scary thought. We we just repealed the parental notice, um, and I think it was as of June first, right? Um, that that Correct. was that was repealed. So now children can travel to Illinois on their own without their parents knowing, get an abortion, have it paid for by Medicaid, and possibly get irreparable damage and could die in an abortion clinic. And their parents are not even going to know it's happening. Um, yeah, I mean that's not far flung because what you said um, is true according to the law. Yeah, uh, that is all possible, and I don't think that people are really thinking through this, number one. And it's very sad, in addition to the things you just outlined, is, you know, recently, uh, in the end of June, we see Mayor Lightfoot and um, Governor Pritzker has done this in the past, writing letters to corporations Mm -hmm. not based in Chicago to come here because of our abortion policies. I, I, and that, I, I have to say, that's one of those head scratchers that yeah. I never thought in my life I would, I, I never put those two things together. Come here because your business may have 
less employees in the future because you're going to terminate innocent human life. This is a different era that we've embarked on. And our obligation, as you indicated many times, is to educate people about this. And and let's hopefully we can get them thinking about really the macabre, vulgar policies and things we're talking about. We're talking about terminating the life of an unborn child. I think it just seems like we've glossed over that. Yes, and exactly. That's a sad state of affairs. So, okay, so I, I, it's just about time to take a break, but I would like to come back after this and talk about why we're involved in this at all as a church. I mean, people say this is political. So let's talk about that when we get back from the sure. break. Thanks. Catholic Charities offers a wide variety of volunteer opportunities to those who want to share their time and help us serve people in need. Whether it's stocking the shelves of our food pantries, helping refugees learn the English language, tutoring school-aged children, becoming a mentor to young adults, sorting clothes in our clothing rooms, serving hot meals to those who are facing homelessness, or delivering meals and making cards to lift the spirits of our homebound seniors, we are deeply grateful to all those who want to join in our mission of mercy. Volunteer opportunities are updated weekly for people of all ages at ccofchicagovolunteer.com or just call us at 312-655-7053. That's 312-655-7053. Thank you for helping us follow Jesus' call to serve our neighbors in need. I feel special. (laughs) I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Our school communities provide students with academic excellence and character education in a supportive and stable learning environment. Come see for yourself. Visit artschicago.org slash findaschool. Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States, and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Welcome back to Fully Alive, the radio program of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity at the Archdiocese of Chicago. You're listening to Dawn and Ray, and our guest is Bob Gilligan from Illinois Catholic Conference, or the Catholic Conference of Illinois. Um, And we were just talking about this uh, incredible decision that overturned Roe versus Wade on the 24th of June. Um, And I think what I'd like to do is go ahead. We had a, our cardinal put out a statement um, on that day, so I'm going to read that. And I think if you're watching the podcast, you'll be able to see it as well. And then we can kind of talk about what that means to the church and why we're involved in this at all. 
So this is the statement from Cardinal Blaise J. Subich, Archbishop of Chicago, on the Supreme Court's decision in the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. Today, the U.S. Supreme Court issued its ruling in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, which overturns the court's tragic 1973 decision that removed legal protection for unborn children. We can welcome this important ruling and the opportunity it creates for a national conversation on protecting human life in the womb and promoting human dignity at all stages of life. This moment should serve as a turning point in our dialogue about the place an unborn child holds in our nation, about our responsibility to listen to women and support them through pregnancies and after the birth of their children, and about the need to refocus our national priorities to support families, particularly those in need. The the Catholic Church brings to such a conversation the conviction that every human life is sacred, that every person is made in the image and likeness of God, and therefore deserving of reverence and protection. That belief is the reason the Catholic Church is the country's largest provider of social services, many aimed at eliminating the systemic poverty and health care insecurity that trap families in a cycle of hopelessness and limit authentic choice. We also come to this dialogue as Americans, knowing that the principle that all human beings are endowed by the Creator with certain inalienable rights is enshrined in the Declaration of Independence, and that first among these is the right to life. Make no mistake, because this ruling regrettably will have little impact on abortion in Illinois, as there are virtually no restrictions here, we will continue to advocate strongly for legal protections for unborn children. And we will redouble our efforts to work with all to build a culture that values the inalienable rights to life, liberty, and the, ha- and the pursuit of happiness for all. This ruling is not the end of a journey, but rather a fresh start. It underscores the need to understand those who disagree with us and to inculcate an ethic of dialogue and cooperation. Let us begin by examining our national conscience, taking stock of those dark places in our society and in our hearts that turn to violence and deny the humanity of our brothers and sisters and get to work building up the common good by choosing life. Okay, I think that was a really incredible, strong statement that our Cardinal put out. Um, making it very clear that we do need to be involved in what's happening. Um, we yeah, do need to talk about it. And he also, that same day, sent out a whole bunch of materials to our, our priests asking them to be prepared to talk about it um, and to be able to talk about it from the pulpit, which is important, is very important. I've heard, I've seen all kinds of things people posting about why are our priests addressing political issues? Um I think we have our place in the public square, right? We have our place. That's why we have a Catholic conference. And every every yeah. state has one, right? Sure. We have a right to free speech. We have a right to try to educate people to uh, on the teachings of our church and what our beliefs are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, true for all of that. But you know what's interesting about this subject? I am not well-versed or really comfortable talking about this from a religious or faith-based perspective. Yeah. I, I rarely, if ever, use the word belief, um, teachings, or anything like that when I'm talking about this issue. I'm totally comfortable talking about this issue, yes, from, you. of course, your faith informs everything you do, right? but I'm totally comfortable talking about this issue from a secular perspective. This is common sense. I would agree. Um, you know, science helps us in extra, uh, immeasurably here. Mm-hmm. Science tells us that, well, uh, a life forms at conception. Okay, now we have two human beings and not one. Um, I think common sense tells us, and from our, let's take an example of a current law. Uh, I think it was the, the Drew uh, Lacey Peterson case years ago is a good example of this. She was pregnant, um, suffered a tragic, tragic death at the hands of her ex-husband, Scott, I think his name was, okay. in California, clearly not a uh, conservative red state. Uh, Scott Peterson is in jail today for the murder of two people, not one. Her, she was pregnant. That to me is just illustrative of how our laws should act. It's not that complicated. Ask anybody in the street if a pregnant woman is driving to her doctor's appointment and she's hit by a drunk driver 
how many homicides should there be? Charges, one or two, right. or two people died. And I think from a very common sense perspective, that's kind of, that's all we're saying is that a pregnant woman is in charge of another person. There's two people there. Yes. Our laws should protect that person at least at a minimum that it should have the opportunity to be born and experience life. Yeah. That's not a particularly a religious belief. It's, it's kind of common sense. And the point of departure in the whole debate is just that. And it's the reason why you hear terms like reproductive health care. Personally, I'm all for reproductive health care. Who isn't? Reproduce. Um, <laughs> but somehow or another, the connotation of reproductive health care is termination of a life. Well, that imagine, makes no sense that's to me. Why, the same thing with the name planned parenthood. Isn't it more like planned uh, non-parenthood or unplanned not, I don't know. Right. It's, not, it's not planned. It's not, yeah. sure. it's not complicated. <laughs> it's not parenthood. Let's They're trying to get simple. rid of parenthood. Exactly. They never use the term abortion. They always use another nomenclature. They always use another name. Yeah, they rarely, they always switch the subject. Mm. It's a choice, right? Well, what's, what are you choosing? They never fill in that sentence. Yeah. And I think our job is just that, just to keep saying that, just to remind people of the humanity of an unborn child that, that says it all to me. Well, and the way the Cardinal said it, we we will redouble our efforts to work with all to build a culture that values the inalienable right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all. And that includes the unborn child, or the pre-born yeah. child, as we're, we, we, def, we use it now, kind of pre-born child. But um, I think that's, that's I, I an love important it when they, they can they, they are so skillful on, and the media never presses them rarely in an interview to answer those questions. It's like, well, when is that child lose its rights? I mean, is it so you have a, a person, a woman who's pregnant or they don't even say it's woman anymore. Now we're on birthing persons. Birthing persons. So the, yeah. the, the woman is pregnant at, at six months. Is that a per, is that a child? Is that should that be protected by the laws? These conversations need to happen. Right. And we have to find a way, a skillful way of getting that out there. And so shedding the light of the humanity of the unborn. And I think I keep going back to that. And, you know, the Cardinal had a good phrase in there. He said, you know, uh, this is a turning point on how we help women in need. Yes. And I think what the church's obligation, and I think this is where everybody was going, is like, how do we become more proactive and more vocal about our ways that we help women and accompany women who are pregnant, alone, feel there's no choice? We have to persuade them there is a choice. There's a good choice. Mm. And it's a beautiful, wonderful choice. And, yes. and I think we can do that. Right now, there's a lot of screaming and yelling, and we're loud. But I think over time, our message is going to win. Yes. Our message will win. Well, and, you know, certainly there's there's uh, the Walking with Moms in Need mm -hmm. um, initiative that we've been talking about for months here on the radio and on our podcast to, um, to get our parishes involved in. And actually... It was interesting because the Cardinal sent out a, a plea to all the pastors to get involved in Walking with Moms in Need the day before the leak happened. Really? So everybody got a little bit distracted. So we are going to refocus everyone on that in the next few weeks um, and try to get the, the pastors involved again. Um, it's, it's already break time. So let's take another break and we'll talk some more about that in just a minute. We are hiring. Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Chicago is looking for mission-driven individuals who want to help make a positive difference in the lives of people in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. Be part of a diverse, talented team of professionals in the largest human services organization in the Midwest. We are dedicated to helping people chart a more stable, happier future for themselves, and we accompany anyone in need, regardless of faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. Competitive salaries and generous benefits add to the satisfaction you'll have every day 
knowing that you're helping us amplify our impact in Chicago. To see our list of employment opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Thanks for hanging with us through the break. You're listening to Fully Alive, the radio show podcast of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity at the Archdiocese of Chicago. Don and Ray are your hosts, and we have Bob Gilligan today, the <coughs> Executive Director of Catholic Conference of Illinois, as our guest. And we are talking about this, this just incredible decision that came down on the 24th of June, overturning Roe versus Wade, something we prayed for for a mm-hmm. long time. We marched for we uh, educated people on, um, and it's finally happened, so it's very exciting. Now, right before the break, we were talking about Cardinal Supich's um, statement on that and also some of the things that the church will be doing going forward to take care of people, to make sure people know that women do have a choice, they, and it does not have to be abortion. Um, so we have an uh, initiative that... We started to try to get really superly everyone involved in um, right around the time when the leak happened, and we're going to double down and get that out there again and get people going on it. So, so let's talk about it some, Bob. What's what's this Walking with Moms in Need initiative? Walking with Moms, Walking with Moms in Need is a great program. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good idea. I remember <clears throat> the first time I read about it, I thought this is exactly what we should be doing. You know, the goal, I think, as I understand it, is that every lay Catholic that attends Mass should have some kind of basic awareness Mm -hmm. of the services in their area if they happen to hear that a young woman is pregnant in need or maybe just somebody is just alone and in need, period. Mm -hmm. So um, there would be resources or a, a place at the parish uh, where um, people can go for help. Mm-hmm. And it's walking with moms in need because they're in need and we just have to make sure that they know where these services are and where help they can get. Mm-hmm. Um, ideal location, uh, ideal um, uh, entities that 
could help people include many of our own ministries at Catholic charities yes. or Catholic hospitals. Mm. They could include uh, some some other not-for-profit entities. I think also that people uh, would be benefit from hearing that there's these pregnancy help centers all across the state. I think there's 98 of them in Illinois. People should have a general awareness of, of if they're in their area and what they do. And, and sometimes those pregnancy help centers can do something simple as like handing out diapers to moms yes. that can't afford them. Mm -hmm. um, that's a very simple example of how they could help. Um, a more involved response would be if uh, a woman is uh, doesn't know what to do, she's contemplating an abortion, she needs to talk to somebody, they have people on staff that can talk to them, counsel them, walk with them, accompany them in their journey through their pregnancy to help them bring the child to term. And then even afterwards, um, you know, there's there are other services that they can provide. They can they can arrange for childcare assistance. They can arrange for medical assistance both during pregnancy and after. They may even be able to. There's a couple of pregnancy help centers in the Chicagoland area that have maternity homes. Right. If somebody doesn't yeah. have a place to live, they could live there both during their pregnancy and afterwards. And even if they have children already, they yes. can even ac accommodate that need. So there's a lot of services out there. And what Walking with Moms in Need is trying to do is to make every Catholic more aware of them so people know if they hear these things, they are able and equipped to refer to. You know, Don, you and I have heard cases of, of, of a pastors um, being presented with these types of situations of pregnant women coming to them and don't know where to turn. Right. The pastor needs to know, oh, you know what? I could send this particular person to aid for women, or I could turn this particular case over to maybe uh, um, Waterleaf or the Southside Pregnancy Center or uh, Women's Center. Yeah. There's a number of them in our area. So we need to be more aware of them so we can help people more efficiently and more effectively. And Catholic Charities, I don't mean to gloss over them, they have services as well mm -hmm. that they provide. Some Catholic hospitals have services that they provide. So it's a matter of just, you know, making people aware of what's in their area. Yeah. Well, and, and this is also the Walking with Moms in Need. If a woman walks into our church and she's maybe she's not pregnant, she just has children that and she doesn't know where to turn because she can't feed her kids. So Walking with Moms in Need should also be able to say, well, you know, we, we have resources for that. Let us help you. Yep. Our St. Vincent mm -hmm. de Paul Society can take care of that. Or we can refer you to Catholic Charities or we can take you to the food pantry yeah. or whatever the, the thing is in that local area. But I think the point of this is mostly that every single Catholic should know that we have these resources available. It exactly. Yeah, it, I think it changes. And the beauty of it, I believe, is it changes the posture of our parishes <laughs> yes. instead of just in a sense, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, it's not a, a blanket statement here, but I've seen a lot of uh, uh, respect life uh, folks kind of just hand out flyers or this mm -hmm. and that. But it kind of gives them the, the invitation to change their posture and in, in, in seeing the other and, and walking with the mom and yeah. directing them and helping them out towards a, some beautiful help that's provided mm -hmm. for them. And, and you know, right. a lot of times we they are doing that, but people don't realize right. it. So I mm -hmm. think that this is going to help the awareness. And, you know, the adage out there that we are only pro-birth and then we don't care that's about the, thing, yeah. the child or the mom after the baby's born couldn't be further from the truth. But we've got to get people to stop saying that because they yeah. don't get it. And they, they're just restating things they hear in the media and they hear around the, the you know, where, whatever circles they travel in. But we need to be able to say, have, have you walked into our church and see how much we do? Um, and, and anybody should be able to say, defend us on that. Um, I think exactly. that's what I think Walking with Moms in Need is really going to help is, you know, that you're just stating things you don't even know what you're talking about, people. Yeah. I, I mean, my whole yeah. life, our, our whole life is about finding ways to help women. We have Project Rachel. We, we want women to know that they're forgiven and loved and that they're welcome at our churches after they have an abortion. You know, exactly. they, they think that they had the abortion and we never want to see them again. Yeah. That They're shunned. That's so wrong. It's so wrong. So, yeah. um, you know. Yeah. It, it's a sensitive topic. It needs to be uh, spoken about and dealt with in a sensitive manner, yes. uh, respectful manner. But that, I, and I and I know we do that. 
and I think the walking with moms in need helps encapsulate that. And it really helps bring wrap, wrap up a lot of things that maybe not are, are together right now mm-hmm. and hopefully elevates the awareness of, of what we do. Yes. I, I get asked a lot with this kind of a, a topic. I work for the Respect Life office. Mm-hmm. And I get asked, why are you speaking about this? You're a man. You have, you know, you don't, you don't have a place in this. And I mean, it's a, it, in a sense, I, I, I answer them in a simple way. Well, it, it, it's about a human life. It's about human right. rights. And where does that begin? When do we start respecting it and, and fighting for that rights? So definitely that conversation with this decision of the Supreme Court we are able to start talking more about it now. You know, we are Absolutely. able to start articulating it and talking to some of our friends that are, you know, that we haven't talked about this. It's kind of a we've we've we're all kind of trapped in our social media and we're 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 just reading these uh, memes and and these stories and but have we really talked about it? So, well, you know, it's it's interesting because if you go back to the the feminist movement and you kind of trace it back through time, I mean, originally. It was about the the right to vote and for people to recognize the beauty of women and the beauty of the skills and, and the traits that women have that are complementary to what men's skills and traits are. are. You know, they're complementary. They're different, but they're equal. And that was what the feminist movement was all about. Let's, let's celebrate womanhood. Um, but it became... Something that was like, you know, we don't need men. We, but you know, we can look like men. We can dress like men. We can act like men. We can take their jobs. We don't need to have children. We'll just strip our our femininity altogether, which is not where it, it began. Um, but interestingly enough, I think when it began, it was like, well, let's let men have a bigger role in raising children because it's their role too. Right. Um, but now we're saying men have no place in that, which. Yeah. It's, it's every every study that is out there I'm aware of all yes. conclude with one point. The best environment to raise a child is in a loving home with one man and one woman. Now, obviously, there are different arrangements in society today, but but the studies are, are the without question. So I think as a society, it'd be best if we strove to do our best. Um, and that is the best environment for a child. And as Don, as you indicated, you know, men and women are, are have complementary roles. Yes. And I think you know we are all uh, products of uh, many of us are products of that. And that is the best way to raise a child. Now, like I said, um, I, I think that um, in the year 2022, if if we could um, practice that a little bit more, I think we would find. Um, we have would have less uh, social unrest and social problems in this in this country and in this city for that matter. Absolutely, I mean, look look how quickly our we're, this crazy violence is happening, and I mean it yeah. all it all comes can you could trace it all back to uh, to Roe versus Wade, I would think, you know, because we. You know, and I'll underscore once again, this is not a religious belief per se, but this is scientific evidence. Yes. This is social study research. So yes, I think it's validating what our church is teaching. You can accent the, the faith component of it or the religious aspect, or you can you can also bring about the the, the, <laughs> the conclusion that it does matter. It it's does matter. factually based. So, you know, we can do either. Well, and, and the fact of the matter is the church, things aren't true because the church teach it. I mean, that would be like us saying, oh, yeah, well, our faith is better than yours. No, our church teaches the truth. The only right. reason they teach it is because it's true. Facts matter. So that's a mm-hmm. really important thing. And for people to think that our church is not science-based, who do they think developed science? Right? God. Yeah. God developed science. Of course we agree I often with it. Go, right. It's true. This is, this is a challenge in our culture right now is the truth is not a value that is widely accepted. I think we're in this phase right now of our, we try to dance around the truth. We try to come up with, as I said earlier before, we redefine terms to be something that they're not. Yes. The word reproduct, the phrase reproductive health care or, or marriage equality are, are misnomers that have been invented to disguise what is actually true and what is going on. So we're in this whole period right now. And I, and I do think, I hope I live long enough to see that 
the, the truth eventually does win out. I mean, it does. Uh, we saw that in another major Supreme Court decision in 1954, which overturned a decision that was made 50 years before that said that certain people were second-class citizens and that yes. is no longer the case. So the truth does win and maybe it takes 50 years, you know, maybe it seems to be the barometer, right? Well, then but, it um, takes a long time does. to be accepted as well once it has overturned. I mean, look at all the arguments and riots and fights that happened when that and when that happened in the 50s. Brown, overturn but, and Plessy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I, we have to take another break. This will be our last break. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue this discussion. Please hang with us. I'm alive, I'm alive because he lives. Amen. Amen. Let my soul join the world that never ends. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. Forty-four for me teaching. When I started here, there were teachers here that had taught me when I was a student. Now I'm the old person. <laughs> right now, I teach junior high math. I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun and they get it. They see that light bulb go off and it's a thrill. People are always amazed. What? what? You're here for 44 years? It's hard for me to believe, frankly. <laughs> I love what I do. Every summer I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations. <laughs> Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. By the power of his blood, amen, amen. Welcome back. It's our final segment this morning of the Fully Alive Radio program. Uh, so we have Bob Gilligan with us. We're talking about um, the Roe versus Wade overturned decision from the 24th of June, as well as walking with moms in need and all the things the church uh, is doing and can do to be there um, in spite of what people say. <laughs> So, but Bob, I also think it's important for people to realize this show is airing on July 6th, which is um, the date a special session mm -hmm. is beginning in Springfield, a special legislative session. I understand it was called by our governor, right? Um, what, yes. What, why are they having that special session? Usually they take the summer off. What's going on? Well, I think our governor is in the process of trying to run for president in part. He okay. seems to be making some overtures there and thinks that abortion is uh, a good way to increase his stature in, in the party, I guess. So uh, there is a, a special session called for July 6th and 7th. There's two measures that I'm aware of. There could be others um, that will be uh, brought forth. One of them um, would allow physician assistants and um, advanced practice practition nurses to do abortions in the first trimester. Mm. The other provision is a bill that passed the House and is waiting uh, action in the Senate 
which would allow uh, a doctor who has had his or her license suspended in another state where abortion is now illegal to continue practicing medicine in the state of Illinois where abortion is legal. Um, both of those measures obviously have the net effect of increasing potentially the number of people who could perform abortions. As we talked about earlier in the show, um, it is anticipated that states like Illinois, um, California, uh, New York, because of their permissive laws and because their mayors, governors, um, are out seeking people to come here for abortions and um, we pay for them, that Illinois will see a, a significant increase in the number of people coming to our state for abortion. So they just don't have the number of people to perform them. Because as you probably know, Don and, and Ray and many others out there, right. the number of people willing to do these is really not many. There's not many doctors that want to do this. Because um, it's awful. Thank God. <laughs> it's, it's awful. awful. <laughs> oh. So they're now running out of people. Mm. So they're trying to expand to other things. Now, will those things pass and all the way? I don't know, but that's what we're hearing as of the time that this program's being recorded. Yeah, so um, let, let, let's just talk, think about this for a second. How is allowing people who are not doctors to perform abortions and allowing people who've lost their license for what I would assume is a good reason, they're licensed to practice medicine or to perform surgery, how is bringing those people to Illinois to do abortions good for women? It's not. There's no way, shape, or form you can persuade me that it is. I think you could objectively argue that it will create a more dangerous environment yes. for a woman who comes here or a young girl. Um, I think what we should do is what you've been saying is to help educate people as much as possible um, I think it's incumbent upon, you know, pregnancy help centers and, and all of us to try to communicate with these women who are coming here that life is a better alternative. Yeah. And nobody looks at their child that is born and says, geez, I wish Janie or Johnny didn't exist. Um, many people have abortions and regret it profoundly. Uh, so, you know, I think showing the humanity of the unborn, like we were talking about earlier, I mean, that's where we're at. That's what we need to to be doing. But yeah, these these measures that are being talked about, unfortunately, are, are being going to be supported by the majority party. Uh, there seems to be this attitude in, in politics right now. You're on one team or the other. And no matter what that team proposes to put forth, you, you seem to have to support it. Um, and then they just sort of reframe the message. And because you join this team, that's a good thing. Uh, and if you're against it, then you're against women and you think mm -hmm. that, you know, you're going to spend people right. back 50 years ago. So a lot of this is just the spin of the issue and we're losing that. I mean, yeah. we have been losing it in Illinois for, for a while. And I, I fear that under under the governor, the existing governor, it's it's just not a good situation. Mm -hmm. So that's what they're contemplating doing. Well, it's not just the governor. I think it's a, a, all the people in Springfield. Not all of them. You you, you know, there's there's plenty of pro life people in Springfield too. But um, it, it's a it's a real shame that you al align yourself with a party and they've drawn a line in the sound as to what what what's the value when it comes to human life, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's really sad because, you know, we did see in the bill to repeal the parental notification law, I think it were 10 Democrats either didn't vote for it or, or voted present. Well, you know, many of them have primaries now and are out campaigning and trying to save their seats. So politically, it's just very difficult for these people. And unfortunately, then they get branded as somebody that's against women because they... Yeah, supported to you know, supported a parents' rights to know what their kids doing. It's really a mm -hmm. it's really a difficult time. It's very difficult for us to get our message out there and compete with this. Sure, and I, I think it's important for people to understand. You know, we're we're not talking um, about politics per se. We're talking about what Catholics are are saying is the truth, and because it is the truth, um, and as a Catholic. We're not talking Democrat or Republican. We're just talking Catholic, right? Which means yeah. that life is respected from the moment of conception to natural death and everything in between. Um, that means we we believe that we um, the life of an immigrant is sacred. We believe the life of somebody on the, that's living on the street is sacred. We believe the life of somebody who uh, has made poor choices is sacred. 
everyone's life is sacred. Um, whatever side of the, the political aisle that puts you on, um, it doesn't matter that it, their life is just sacred. Right. So. Yeah, sure. Good point. I mean, it, it sort of goes without saying you're absolutely right. Um, you know, we're not trying to be one side or the other. We're just calling balls and strikes as we see them here. <laughs> I mean, these are actions that are being done by one person and not the other. And so, you know, it, it, you're right, though. Uh, we don't really care the party. It's the issue that we stick to. Yes. And most importantly, it's what you said is like, how do we accompany and how do we help people in difficult situations? And how do we be present to people? That's what we're all about. Um, and those are the policies that we try to espouse. Yes. Um, and, and I think there's plenty of people on both sides of the aisle that would agree that abortion's wrong. Um, but unfortunately, mm -hmm. as you're saying, they've kind of been forced into a corner uh, if they want to keep yep. their seat at the table, That's right. right? Which is a That's shame because, the, because we, we often see them saying, well, I personally don't agree with this but I'm not yeah. going to tell somebody else. So I think that's how they get around it. But also, you know, Bernard Nathanson himself, who um, pretty much started this whole abortion movement <laughs> back in the mm -hmm. 70s, said that one of the, that he was going to try to water down the Catholic opinion and get people to say, well, personally, I wouldn't have an abortion. And, and it's worked. It's worked. It has worked. It has worked. So. But like we said earlier, I mean, I, the truth is on our side. Eventually that will win out. Mm -hmm. This is a rough time. I yeah. don't deny that at all. Uh, we've taken some setbacks politically, but eventually this will turn around. Eventually this will come out. And eventually I think people will see the fault of their position or hopefully have the courage to come out and, and, and do the courage of their convictions, which are true. And, and accurate. And that's what we're trying to do is to, to coax people to, to do that. And we've had some success, we've had some failures, but um, you know, ours job, our responsibility is to do that. Our, we shouldn't get fixated on the outcome per se, the wins and losses. We just need to do our job and let the Holy Spirit take care of the rest. And as long as we're in there in the game, articulating uh, our church's teachings based on fact and reason, I think we're doing our job. And that's that's yes. all we can do. Well, and it's absolutely our job to, to take care of people. It's absolutely our job to make sure they have real choices. Um, and, you know, we'll, I can spend all of my time helping people, uh, and that's fine, you know, and that's, but that's what everybody needs to know, that, that that is our job as Catholics. We need to take care of others. We need to know, those people to know they have a place they can come to be taken care of, and they don't need to choose to, to uh, end a life right. so that they can that's live. Right. I mean, that is not necessary. So, mm -hmm. That's exactly the point. Yes. So, okay. So uh, we've had a great hour here with Bob. Thanks for giving us an hour, Bob. We really appreciate it. We were able to- Yeah, it went awfully fast. It always does. Ray and I are always like, wow, that was a whirlwind, you know? The, the air time must be different than the regular time. I don't know. But, right. Right. <laughs> but anyway, right. so uh, we're really excited about this decision that ha that came down on the 24th of June, but now we need to really put our money where our mouth is. Let's make sure we are taking care of people. Let's make sure that they know they have a place to go and they don't have to be afraid. Just like Jesus said, do, be not afraid, right? We're, right. we're there to, we're right. there with you. We're there for you. Um, right. And and, so if you, and if your church doesn't have Walking with Moms in Needs yet, you can call us at the Respect Life office. Uh, 312-534-5355. We're happy to help you get it started. Or go to walkingwithmomsinneed.org and uh, they'll help you out. There's lots of information on how to get this started. Thanks so much, Bob. Thanks, Ray. Thank you. And uh, we'll be back in August. God bless y'all. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.